And welcome back, everybody. Yay! Woo! Hooray, We're woo, back! Woo! To the decompression session episode. Cinco. After like, what, f- fucking three months? Uh, like- <laughs> a, a brief hiatus, ladies and gentlemen. We are happy to be back. We're excited to be back. We figured we would do uh, do some episodes again because, you know, we like doing this. Yeah. And we've been, uh, as you guys, I'm sure, remember from last time, Nick and I have been dealing with some of our own stuff, but we've kind of got that under lock and key lately, getting things nice and stable again. So we finally have some time to run back through and, you know, do some more of these recordings. Yeah. And we're definitely going to put some more emphasis into doing these guys and having a good time doing it. That's at the end of the day. It's all you can ask for is just, hey, did we have fun doing this? The answer is yes. Indeed. Yes, we do have fun doing this. So. Uh, like we said, good to be back. And, uh, we thought long and hard about what we wanted to talk about. And there's a lot of really interesting topics. I think that are going to require some more, some more research before we come to the table and do them. But, uh, this today, week today we were thinking, uh, cause, cause recently I stumbled upon what I'm sure a great many others have already stumbled upon, which was the trailer for uh, Pokemon detective Pikachu, which, uh, you know, looks better than it has any right to be like i see that trailer and i think i should be angry at this i should hate this but i can't and that got to us thinking about uh, nostalgia and uh like nostalgia you know in the past couple years you know in uh, filmmaking book writing songwriting so many things nostalgia is kind of like the bread and butter of a lot of things right now and it's so weird because nostalgia can either be a really cool love letter to something, or it can just be a blatant cash in on the same old shit. Everyone's always seen before. Mm. And this trailer definitely seemed like more of the prior. It seemed like way different and out there compared to what this particular property normally does. And it just got me to thinking about like, you know, when is, when is nostalgia good? And when can it be used to create, you know, art that is both, referential and respectful of the past and evokes a certain feeling, but is also something new and fun on its own terms that makes you go, ooh, that. I like that. I like that a lot. I need that. And if you had told me that when I saw that trailer that, well, first of all, when I thought they cast Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, like when I thought I heard that on the internet, I thought it was a fucking joke. Dude, I thought that was a dirty lie. Like, like I didn't. Oh my God. That's some four, <laughs> that, that was some 4chan joke that got spread around by the internet and that was like, oh, cool. And then they did it. And I went, wow, I didn't know I needed this, <coughs> but but I need this. And you kind of hit the nail on the head there where you're talking about it draws on like the perfect, just enough nostalgia from like, oh, it's Pokemon. I know what this is. I know what, and it like, also, I'm familiar with that property. And it also draws a little bit on the nostalgia you get for kids movies because it's like we know how this is going to go. They're going to buddy up for some ambiguous goal. They're going to find out there's some conflict that splits them apart momentarily. There's going to be a tearful and motivational reunion, and then they settle whatever plot they have in their buddies. Like, we know that that's how it's going to go. But at the same time, it's PG-13, which means they get one fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just hoping they use it, because that will make the entire experience worth it for me. And we had the discussion that we hope... So hard. It won't happen. But what if they let Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu get the one fuck in? That's- I mean, he is fucking Deadpool. Like, I mean, they knew the context of his current identity in Hollywood when they took him for this role. Absolutely. So, like, it won't happen. But part of me, ah, oh, part of me just hopes desperately. <laughs> and the Deadpool 3 Pikachu, Detective Pikachu references have already been written. Oh, They're I'll already bet. in there. It's I'll already bet. it's already done. He's already posted memes about it. He's already made like there was a picture. Ryan Reynolds of, has. Yeah, yeah, it's a picture of Pikachu in the Deadpool outfit. That's already that already exists on the internet on its own. So oh my god, um, I saw one say. guy at a com a uh, comic con who'd had a giant Pikachu costume, and it's just him lifting out the roof of the Pikachu costume and being Deadpool and coming out with a pistol, and it's just some costume that some guy made. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that that really is the best encapsulation of this whole thing, isn't it? Like, Yeah. And they also somehow got Ken Watanabe in there. Like, he's the fucking police chief who's talking to the that. main character. I'm like, Ken Watanabe, either you are very desperate or you are the exact opposite of desperate and are just doing whatever the hell you want. Because, like, Godzilla... 
like Pokemon Detective Pikachu, he's come a long way from the last samurai. Let, let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> Just, oh. so, See, there's one of those more like nostalgic movies, too. That a lot of Dude, Godzilla's from the goddamn 50s. Like. Yeah, and they brought it back. And there was another good example of when you take something nostalgic, you take the feel of a good monster movie, and then you bring it into the 21st century, and you just you do something different with it. And that's the thing is like you, uh, that's exactly what I thought that Godzilla 2014 did. Like I rewatched mm-hmm. that movie recently. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's good as hell. Like <laughs> just the tension it built towards God. Like I think Godzilla's in the movie for a total of like 18 minutes of screen time. And, and like, the, the whole time the you're still feeling like the weight of his presence. And that was amazing. Like to not. I think they did. To have a Godzilla movie with no fucking Godzilla in it and still have me go, that's one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. Right. Like. Because, but when Godzilla does show up. Fucks it up. Yeah. The whole, the end fight scene of that movie between him and the two, uh, what do they, what do they refer to him as as the the aliens? I don't fucking remember. I don't remember. But just that whole fight scene encapsulated everything about what you needed to know. Just And it also encapsulates everything that always made, again, nostalgia, mm-hmm. those types of monster movies good. Mm-hmm. Crazy, high-octane, slap-fight monster action. Yep. Except now, you've got them leveling cities and breaking shit apart in glorious 1080p HD as opposed to a bunch 4K. of dudes in suits. It's 4K video. It's always I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that they didn't have 4K in 2014. 4K Ultra HD. UHD. So many acronyms for shit. Now. Yeah, I don't even know. They're just, I think they're just making shit up. Oh it's yeah, they like totally 4K are. 4K ultra high because that's another vision. thing that you can do with uh, with nostalgia or naming is you know trying to bait people, trying to bait people into liking a specific product, service, or idea. And uh, I feel like a lot of video audio visual companies definitely do that. They just pick like the hip or nostalgic or sciencey sounding names for things because they think it'll make you not care about how the fact it's the same fucking product. Yeah, there's eight thousand 4K televisions and they're all the same. Virtually almost all the same. Like <laughs> four times quad OLED technology with super retina LEDs that are not LEDs because they're actual just space dust. Space dust. Yeah, just stupid shit. But it's kind of banking back on the nostalgia thing, too, just kind of coming with it. The rise in the throwback consoles that have arisen as well, too, like the smaller versions of like what I'm currently looking at, the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, you have, like, you have, one, of the, you have one of the Super Nintendo minis. I, I always forget that. I do. Dude, and, that's a rare, rare thing. Like, and, and they're coming out with a PlayStation 1 version of it? Hmm. Yeah, there's an interesting one. I just don't know, man. If you're going to make a product like that that's so blatantly catering to nostalgia, you can't do the type of shit that companies like Nintendo are doing and just doing this, you know, we're going to give like 200 units to this like New York super chain that gets like a million customers a day just so we can like drive up scarcity them fight. and just prey on people's nostalgia for a cheap buck as opposed to making something from nostalgia that is new and interesting. It's yeah. like variations on a theme versus plagiarism and they kind of fucked it up when they did it the first time too because they i don't think they realized how wildly popular it was going to be when they released the first like nintendo classic and they went oh they oh, did no oh. they did they they absolutely knew how popular that shit was going to be the nintendo does this all the time they, and let's just not make enough yeah because they fuck w- you because forced rarity and forced scarcity means more money but at the same time, it's mo money for scalpers. So, like, Nintendo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's not like you're making the money, Nintendo. It's not like selling when they get sold for $600 on eBay, eBay. that that 400 extra dollars that it cost gets banged back to you. And shame on you if you bought it for $600, you fucking idiot. Just go, just go out and buy it. Like, go buy the actual... You could probably go out and buy the older actual console and the cartridge games and just plug it into your freaking TV and get the same experience... For way less money. You could, but you that could. would require uh, effort, you know, uh, and also some cash. <laughs> but, um, but if you're going to spend the $600 on the eBay version of the Super One or like the, the classic, like, why don't you just invest the money into buying the old console? Just go to like a Games Ahoy or a used game store because they exist, I'm, I'm assuming, almost universally everywhere. I don't know, man. That's one thing about nostalgia that sucks is that, like, now that so many big corporations are trying to capitalize on nostalgia, a lot of those mom and pop shops, small game shops, used game stores, used bookstores, all those kinds of things are all really starting to go by the wayside because everyone just wants to get their taste of the past from Amazon with two-day shipping. 
you know. I do like Amazon with two day shipping. Hey, 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 hey! I am not trying to hate Amazon <laughs> with two day shipping, but I am saying the realities of like this age of convenience that we live in definitely does have impact on the way you consume media and who you get it from. Mm-hmm. And the and like nostalgia can either be a cheap tactic to filch you for money, watching or seeing the same shit over and over again. Or it can be stranger things. It can be people who lived through whatever is being nostalgized. Don't think that's a word. And Could be. Re- making it a Hashtag love letter. As opposed to, hey, look, here's that thing that you recognize. Give me money. <laughs> you know? like Give me your fucking money. So, it's a Vine reference. That's, a, that's, a, that's the whole argument that goes into like game remasters. You know? Is, it just like, is this just like a nostalgia bait? Or are you doing what any good remaster should and making the game as good as you remember it by making it better than what it was in such a way that your taste and the taste of the time and the remastered product match up together in a way that you go, you trick yourself into thinking, oh yeah, this is just as good as it always was. And then you go back and play the original and you're like, yo, was I on crack as a kid that I thought this was good? Like, what drugs were my parents giving me? You're like, what is this? What is this? Fucking, oh my God. Like... But, like, game remasters are a funny one, too, because it's definitely just a cash grab most of the time just to get more money. But sometimes it is a cash grab for a good reason because you're trying to reintroduce a new generation of fans into your franchise. The thing that you made. Uh, I look at, like, what Halo did with, like, the Master Chief collection and stuff. Okay, well, that's not a remaster. That's let's rebuild this shit from the ground up and make it better than it ever was, which Mm -hmm. is like. But just, like, even, like, the mode they had in there where you could toggle between the 2001 graphics. And the current day graphics, just that that, Out of the, that at the push of a button. button, just to see it was insanity. Like it was so cool to be able to just get into what that was like, and to be able to go, "Wow, look how far we've come!" But at the same time, it feels entirely new yet entirely familiar. Yeah. So. That's that 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 that's a good way of putting it. You know what nostalgia should be. You know, entirely new yet entirely familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want an example of something that did nostalgia very well, it was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Like, Star Wars The Force Awakens was good as hell because it took all this nostalgic familiar shit and used it to introduce you to this new generation of characters in this new story. Whereas, episode, but it was also a total setup movie. Right. And what it was setting up for, episode eight, was wildly disappointing. And so like, <laughs> that's the danger of nostalgia is if you're using this nostalgia to orient me to something new, is that new thing you're orienting me towards actually any fucking good? Like does seeing a Charmander with a perfect little flame animation on its tail walking through the city at the beginning of that trailer mean that I'm not still going to look at this and see a terrible kid buddy comedy knockoff? Like, which is it going to be? How much do I have to look through the, the smoke screen of nostalgia yes. to, to, to see the final product and just go, well, is this actually good or am I just making this good because I remember it being so exactly. good? Exactly. Like, and I would argue that in a lot of cases, it's almost impossible to make that distinction because you've been too in bed with this thing that you're nostalgic for. You miss it too much. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes you can't be objective about the fact that, yeah, this is just nostalgia trash. Like look at everything Dragon Ball post Dragon Ball Z. Like, a lot of it has good ideas, but almost all of it has a lot of bad execution. Yeah. Where it's like, I've been watching Dragon Ball Z since I was four. Like, you know, I'm going to be watching that shit probably till the day I die. Mm-hmm. I know that I am almost completely incapable of being objective about Dragon Ball. Like, I can look at those episodes and go, oh, yeah, I know that that's bad for X, Y, or Z. But all those reasons are still coming from the perspective of a Dragon Ball fan. Yeah. So, like the nostalgia bait of that, that will always get me. Whereas like Pokemon, I have no fucking allegiance to Pokemon. I no. I barely, I barely played Pokemon. Like my brother was fucking way more into it than me. But you just like, you recognize it and it's, it was this big force from like your childhood era that you went, oh, that resonates with me because I remember that Yeah, dude, I remember fucking seeing the show popular. on Saturday mornings and I remember how fucking much my brother loved his collection of cards and shit. Yeah. It was still a part of my life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm excited for the film is I can look past the objective nostalgia. I, I can look past the nostalgia and be objective and I can see, oh yeah, this is going to be just, you know, this is going to be a fairly generic kids movie plot, but it's going to have really high production values, a good cast, good effects and references to a series I like, but don't have any like great loyalty to. Mm-hmm. 
So I feel like I'm actually in a very good position to go into this movie and not get the wool pulled over my eyes, you know? Yeah, you can you see through the smoke, you know. Whereas you know if, like, I'll admit, I was one of those fucking morons when I was, like, 11 years old that got hoodwinked by Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, God. I was one of the people they actually got to see that movie in theaters. What have you done? Dude, uh, laughed my ass off at that movie ever <laughs> since because it's amazingly bad. It's the kind of bad that no one should ever forget. Like we're just like, who let this happen? And how did this get past? And that's something anything? that I've thought about too. Sometimes is like reverse nostalgia, where it's like I remember things that I disliked so deeply that I'm just so entertained by them. It's just like the so bad it's good, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I will still watch the Avatar, the last Airbender movie, if it's put in front of me, because the fucking circus of garbage that M. Night Shyamalan made with that film is just one of the brightest memories of my childhood, because everybody hated it. Everybody. Oh, critically panned like, across the board. It's like hate boner nostalgia, oh, which is <laughs> which is pretty fun. <laughs> like... Oh, which is so tragic because they could have done that movie so well, and then and it's M Night Shyamalan. But you man. knew it what? was going to be garbage from the. Fu- I remember, like, I remember when they put the trailer out for that movie, and it's just the scene of Ang, who they pronounced Ong, right from the beginning. And fucking, Soka. and I was like, oh gee, oh, <laughs> who is no. a white guy? <laughs> like- yeah, and it's the him where he's like blowing out the candles with his air bending in like some room, and then he like pulls the hood off and. The arrow's all fucked up. It's not blue like it was supposed to be. It's a bunch of spirally symbols. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? What is that? See, I was too young and stupid to know that, oh, man. Like, from the I, beginning. I, was, I was a gullible idiot when I was a kid. Like, it's Ung. Shut the fuck up. And then they, but then they, like, the one characters they could have made white, they didn't make white. Like, they made Prince Zuko Indian. And it was like... And he's supposed to be, like, Japanese or Chinese or yeah, some shit. Because, like, the yeah. Fire Nation is very, very, like imperialistic and like supposed the, to be representative of like it, the, uh, it like in this is a talk about nostalgia um like in avatar the last airbender i always thought it was like you know waterbenders reminded me of like native american like inuit kind of arctic eskimo culture yep. yep the earth nation reminded me of uh like china and like the kind of the weird austerity and like militarism of China, mm-hmm. whereas like I feel like the Fire Nation was very blatantly supposed to be just like you know Colonials. Imperial Japan. Yeah, like it, they didn't exactly try to be subtle about it. No, and like the show was made with a Korean cast and crew through an American studio, and so like you know Korean you know citizens and people are going to have a completely different visual and mem- memory impression of like what those types of cultures mean. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how you fuck that up. That's what I want to know. How does M. Night Shyamalan inherit a franchise that has built an amazing story already? It tells you how to say the fucking character names. Because you're M. Night Shyamalan and you've gotta gotten be edgy. your... You've not gotta even be, edgy. Gotta be auteur, not even edgy. Auteur. You've gotten your fame by being weird as hell, super spacey, changing everything, and subverting the expectations of everyone that's come before you. And in some cases, you've done it really fucking well. Science is a great movie. But like... Then you try to put that towards a very straightforward, simple, the work's already done for you adaptation of a beloved children's franchise. And then, like, you know, you've, you've got to be M. Night Shyamalan. You've got to be the auteur genius. Like, and it ended poorly. <laughs> like, I, when I went to NYU, um, I'm outing myself here. When I went to NYU, um, he spoke at our freshman commencement. Like, my fucking first day. And the fucking... He was just standing there on the stand, smiling at everybody, and the lady was announcing him. And they were like, creator of such films as Signs and Avatar The Last Airbender. And the entire audience booed. The entire (laughs) audience of 6,000 smug college kids booed that man to his face. (laughs) Sean. Oh, my God. So that's the thing, man. Like, people are weirdly defensive about their nostalgia. Like, oh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah. You see the nostalgia as not just p- pleasant memories and experience about a thing you used to do. You see it as, this is what I used to do, so it's who I am. And if you challenge and it, like, you're challenging, like, somebody's core belief. Yeah. Whereas, like, while I can't be objective about my nostalgia, like with Dragon Ball, I can also accept the fact that, yeah, there's just as many reasons to hate this shit as there is to like it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I may not feel those reasons myself, but I understand how you could get them. Oh, like, yeah. And I, I don't know, like, whereas, like, with a lot of people, you know, when someone steps on their nostalgia, it's like you've just stepped on their fucking cat, man. Like, they're about to kill you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I just said the phrase, oh, yeah, like 8,000 times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid. Have you seen that that picture of Kanye West just, like, smiling really awkwardly? And it's just like, when you're on your eighth, oh, man, that's crazy. And they're still telling their story. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It's a little, it's a little oh, too real. Jeez, trying to think of back of what like nostalgic things that I could, that like looking back or you ever try to go back and watch something from your childhood and go, wow, like what? Is-? That was my experience with Dragon Ball Z. Honestly, okay. I watched it when I was like thirteen or fourteen. After I'd watched it so much as a kid, and I was like, man, like what is this? This is so bad. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, that's why I liked, why it. liked it. And then, like, they did shit like Dragon Ball Z Kai, which was like a remaster of it and redubbing. And now I can watch it and actually take the show seriously mm-hmm. with all the blood and swearing intact the way God intended. They took all the blood out. Not in the Blu-ray release of uh, Kai. The TV version, they just. Oh, like- yeah, no. The TV version of Kai. Why the fuck would you ever watch that? Mr. Popo's Blue. But like the mm. um the, the the Blu-ray version that you can torrent online very easily. Um, okay, is um not that we do that. Not that we do that. We, yeah, come on, man. But um, <laughs> we live in 2018. Get over it. Yeah, and then um, or I, I'm talking about torrenting while I still can because with no net neutrality, it's going to be completely illegal. Chaos. Yeah, but um, yeah, like that version of the show is like fucking actually what Dragon Ball Z is. This weird fusion of adult and childlike themes in this hyper violent skin. That has glacial pacing, but also fantastic action and character development. So, like, that's where my nostalgia comes from. Whereas another person might have just liked it because they were like, I liked going home and, like, watching the fights and then going out on my trampoline and being a super stain. Like, that's the other thing about nostalgia is it's so fucking weird. It can be anything. It can be for anything. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever had nostalgia? Like, when you're just, like, like, I had one where I was, like, sipping a cup of coffee and I instantly got nostalgic for being in college again. And, like, yeah. Being back in college and drinking coffee and pulling all nighters for papers and shit. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, that 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 was nostalgia. We've triggered we've triggered the nostalgia button. I think for a show for me that like that I can think back on was Power Rangers. Like See, I up, missed the Power Rangers wave. I never saw a single episode of Power Rangers. I got so into Power Rangers as a kid. I had every fucking generation <laughs> of Power Rangers through and through. And the one like the generation that was like because every generation gets a new theme or like a thematic concept behind it to try to make it unique or whatever. It's the same shit every over time. And over. Just yeah. reskinning the the rangers to make them look different. Like, oh, these are the dinosaur themed ones. These are the time travel themed ones. Uh, it was uh, Rescue Force was the one that I had. That's one I remember so much from my kid. And they were all like, all of the vehicles were like first responder vehicles and shit like ambulances and cop cars and fire trucks and goddamn it's so fucking manipulative oh yeah like, yeah <laughs> that's um, kind of insidious but then i can go back and i can watch like the ones from like my brother's childhood in, like the the 80s 90s power rangers are that fucking i think old? they're the 80s the original power rangers like the old school version and i appreciated those i remember the power ranger movie in the early 2000s like there they was just a made lot. one a couple years ago and it looked fucking terrible it was incredible really yep see that looked just, like the but, bad kind of nostalgia but that rate. was the one where i could go back and look at it but they did enough differently that it didn't like it, it took, managed to make it feel fun and not make you feel like a man child for watching it yeah it took a property like, it took a, it took a property that was beloved and went, okay, how do we refresh this and make it into a modern era and make it make sense? Because they could be cor- but they could be as corny as they wanted to be because it's about fucking people that get super powerful suits and fight giant monsters. Yeah, this is their, not in, exactly in Shakespeare. It, it's not this huge but they made it they made the characters interesting. They like gave them interesting dynamics and stuff like that. Like the blue ranger in this movie has autism. Like, yeah. Yeah. He Okay, that t- see when I hear that I instantly hear, oh that's just Hollywood trying to be token and suck in as many people as they can. No. Like <laughs> they made his character super interesting. But and did they make him autistic? Well, they don't ever come out and blatantly say he's autistic. That's the thing. You like you kind of just pick up that he's on the spectrum and it kind of gets hinted at in the movie, but you know they never out like they don't do the Hollywood thing where they're like he's got autism. Like He's one of like he's where on they, the where they try to like demonize someone for it. No, um, I can't remember exactly. I, I gotta go back and rewatch the movie, but they didn't push 
they could have done a lot of pushing for the types, the Hollywood types that they wanted to get into this movie, but yeah. that's kind of beside the point there. But they made it. They, I mean, look, dude, they got Brian Cranston involved in the thing. They had to yes, have done fucking something, did. right? Like, yes, <laughs> they did. And <laughs> overall, like uh, Bill Hatter, is it Hatter? Bill Hatter, Bill Hater. I don't fucking Hater, know. Hater, that's it. Bill Hater. He's in that movie too. Mm. Um, but overall, it was just fun action that was like, they brought it in the modern age, but then when they needed to bring in a point of nostalgia, they did it and just owned it. Like, there's a fight scene, and they literally play the 80s or 90s, I can't remember, theme song from the original fucking Power Rangers movie as they're riding into this fight. Like, when they get into the Zords for the first time, and they're out to fight, they just play that song, no fucking holds bar. They're just like, here you go. Here's your childhood, fucks. So that's the difference is like, you know, just throwing it in there and hoping you'll recognize it and like it and ignore everything bad versus owning the shit out of it, making you look at it, but not also going, oh, look at our super cool reference. Yeah. Instead, it's just, yeah, here's this shit. Yeah, you like that shit? <laughs> you like that shit. You know you like that shit. Yeah, here's this <laughs> other shit. Like, you know, <laughs> just do it, own it, get it out, and move on. I have to look up when these power, the original Power Rangers came out. Oh, my God, gonna, they've got you going now. This is going to bug me. <laughs> it's, uh... It would get to me otherwise. Come on. Man. Dragon Ball Z was 80s. The the manga, anyway. Was it really? The the series well, didn't it was start. was Dragon Ball first, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. And it was kind of more like a comedy comedy thing, you know? It was a hell of a lot funnier. And then it got super edgy in the Z era. Yeah, let's see. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. More about this show. First episode was in 19... Sorry, 1993? Damn. Is that correct? That looks correct. That's Looks like it's 1993. It's two years before I was born. Like <laughs> you're like, oh my, this shit's older than me. Yeah, and that's uh, one thing that I think is really weird. <laughs> well, you can have appreciation for things that are beyond your age, but not even an appreciation for things beyond your age. You can have nostalgia for things that are beyond your age. You're like, bitch, they were nostalgic when you were born. You can have nostalgia for something that you never even experienced. Like that's how fucking. Um, that's how a lot of pop music works, is it makes you nostalgic for these memories that you never had because you weren't there. Yeah, you weren't there to enjoy. Like, as much as I love 80s sci-fi synth, you know. Yeah, you weren't an and, 80s And I, as much as I love synthwave, I understand that synthwave was never a thing in the 80s. It was a very specific, weird type of music for very specific things, not any kind of zeitgeist. The zeitgeist was the synthesizers themselves and using weird musical choices in all kinds of different genres. Mm. Like, you know, when you think about the vaporwave or synthwave or any of that shit, it's just, you're, it's like you're being nostalgic just for the soundtrack of Blade Runner as if that was the only music that existed in the 80s. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you, you literally were not born. <laughs> How can you... I don't know. It's just so incredible. It just resonates. That's the thing, man. I, I'm not a big fan of the lay wrong generation people. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand having. I was supposed to be born in the 40s. <sighs> I understand having apprehensions about the era that you're born in. Everything does. And I understand thinking that maybe if you had been in a different era, you may have had different strengths or weaknesses than you do now. I understand that line of thought. But to, like, say that, like, you're too good for this time and that you need to be in the time that you were nostalgic for is, is get the fuck out of here. Up. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. That shit. I don't know, man. No. It's just romanticism gone amuck. Like, because romanticism's great, but goddamn, when it doesn't shut its mouth, it's some of the most annoying art out there because it just insists upon itself. Feeds its That's the thing. Energy. Nostalgia should never insist. It shouldn't like urge you to remember and go, Did you remember me? Oh, oh look remember at this. Cool we oh, are? look at that. It how should cool like are? it should show you something that makes you remember what you were nostalgic for on your own and go, "Oh, okay." Oh, like, I see what you're doing there. I like that. I remember this. That's Otherwise uh, known as fucking every episode of Stranger Things where it's just like instead of needing to like scream at me, "It's the 80s." They'll kid whip out a slingshot. Or a kid will have an 80s shirt on. Or they'll, or they'll play 80s, an 80s song. Or, or they'll, they'll have... be an 80s movie poster in their bedroom or some shit. Like, my parents, like, talking to them about that movie, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, like, no, we hate 80s nostalgia and we fucking love this show. Because, like, this was what we lived through. This was literally a part of our lives and, like, they captured everything perfectly. And so that's, that's the, the, same that's the good shit, you know? Yeah. And then you start to think back on, like, well, how far, like, are they gonna, are they, <laughs> there's going to be people that are going to be nostalgic about Fortnite someday, Kyle. 
Think about that. Someone's going someone's to be like, hey, does everybody remember Fortnite? <laughs> like, <laughs> Look, man, I've got no hate for Victory Fortnite. Royale. I just... I have no Shut hate for Fortnite. Up. It's a decent enough game. I have so much hate for that I just game. hate the fact that it's all anybody talks about. I'm like, if you want to have a craze about your game, that's fine. Like, I remember how much everybody fucking talked about Halo and how insufferable it was. And, like, Halo's a decent first-person shooter with pseudo-mythical pretensions. It's not gospel. Neither is Fortnite gospel. My issue is not the inherent game. It's the fact that people are treating it like it's gospel and it's the next new crazy wave of shit. And I'm like, it's going to be gone in like four years, maybe even less. You think well, that Call of Duty having a Battle Royale mode means anyone gives a shit about these man-child games? No, it's just, like, a, it, <laughs> it, it's just Activision going, holy fuck, we can make a lot of money if mm-hmm. we if we ride this gravy train. Cause fucking, That's what so much of oh modern art feels like and why I'm so wary of nostalgia, even though I profess to love it is just that I feel like people use it as a choice now to get more money as opposed to the choice an artist made because they had a specific idea. Mm -hmm. Because when you treat nostalgia as an artistic idea, you can do some crazy cool shit with it. But it's just a money-making scheme to so many people. And I'm just like, oh, you're missing the boat so that you can get on the other boat laden with silk and exotic spices that is also made of like you know, sin and blood. And And it's like, as soon as one company gets successful at it, everybody goes, Oh, we have to do that now. We're going to, we're going to also do that. Because people just follow trends, man. Because they want to make fucking money. That's all they want. Or they want to appeal to a certain demographic of people. They're just like, Hey, we know how we could, now we could make some money. We're out of ideas. Let's, um, let's make the Lion King in live action. I'm still going to see the fuck out of that movie. Right. I don't think I am, man. I never even saw the live action Jungle Book. I it's think that the, I think that the live action remake wave is just too much for me. I saw the Beauty and the Beast one, and it was fucking tight. But the other ones, man, I'm good. I think I think I've moved on from my Disney life. I think I moved on from that years ago. I don't, I don't think I could ever like move on from a Disney life, mostly because I'm gonna have a lot of women in my life. And jeez, confidence. Well, not, I'm not, <laughs> not like that. I don't mean like that. Oh my god, no. I mean from the perspective like a of smooth like, operator, Nick. Uh, Hey everybody! No, I'm gonna. You're gonna encounter a lot of women, and like I'm not. I'm not. He's stereotyping that all women like Disney. Shut up! It's gonna be that. Look, dude, I've met maybe three women in my entire life who didn't like Disney. Yeah, that's a fair stereotype to make, and it's not any of those women's fault because so many of those women's parents raised them on Disney. They're like you like princesses because that's what you were fucking raised on, and good for you if you throw that out and you're like fuck the patriarchy. But good for you, or if you throw that out and you're like bitch, I'm done with Disney princesses. I want some more sophisticated girly shit, which I'm like, uh, get down on that sister. Like, that's the the type of shit I'm into. Like, if you ever want a like very woman oriented movie that is also just absolutely amazing, go watch Phantom Thread. It's the last movie that Daniel Day Lewis did. And it's about abusive relationships and it's fucking amazing. It is spooky. Good. Hmm. Um, God, yeah, that movie's that movie's fucking incredible. Wow, I need, I need to see it again. That like <laughs> the um by the time you get to the end of it, your opinion of those characters has changed like seven times. You've fallen in and out of love with these characters just as much as they've fallen in and out and back in of love with each other. And oh. it's 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 crazy. It's one of those movies. It's one of those. <laughs> like, oh no, I have to use my brain. Oh, dude, you have, have to, to pay have attention. Feelings. It's super nuanced and trippy what? and weird, borderline pretentious in places. If I'm being frank. But, like, can't deny, I really liked that movie. That's fair. I mean... Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I I have no inherent problem with Disney or any of those things. It's just that I think that they can be really lazy, which is, again, the same type of shit that nostalgia can be. I don't ne- inherently mind any type of storytelling. Just don't do it lazily, you know? Well, it's like... And I, I kind of picked this up. Like, I'm still... Again, here's another movie I'm still going to go see. But look at Wreck-It Ralph 2. Dude, I never even saw the first Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Great film. Great film. You should definitely watch it, especially because you understand video game references. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to go sit on my own couch on my own time and watch Wreck-It Ralph. You I'll absolutely have to, like, should. I have it I'll have to, like, there. Shanghai my nephew no, or something. No, you're going to watch <laughs> like, it. You're a grown-ass man, Kyle. You two <laughs> can sit at home and watch a Disney movie, and I'm sure the women out here listening to this would be like, God damn, look at that man out there just oh, watching Disney movies. I'm pretty sure that would they just love be, that. like, they love it. the Disney fans in it. general would have that expression. Like, good for but, you. Um, but anyway... 
the second trailer for that, the the new movie that just came out, the breaks the internet thing. Did they? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hold <laughs> the fucking phone. Are you telling me that these corporate assholes at Disney had the audacity to name one of their sequels after the meme of Kim Kardashian's ass? Yes, they did. Are you dead serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was so not ready for that. Yeah, oh it, my it, god! It's literally called Ralph Breaks the Internet, and then oh they god. were self-referential enough because they announced the title of the movie, and everybody was pissed that they didn't say they didn't call it Ralph Rex the Internet because that would have made too much fucking sense. They had to acknowledge that in the trailer. The trailer acknowledges the fact that yeah, well, we could have we could have said yeah, wreck it, wrecked the Internet sounds better, but break the Internet, it's kind of a thing. And I'm like, shut. The fuck, Jesus Christ! Up. That that's pretty cringeworthy. It I'm hurt. not gonna lie, it that's hurt. painful. You don't have to be self-referential in your own freaking mood. Don't get me wrong, I love self-awareness, but I like self-awareness in that kind of tongue-in-cheek, weird way, occasional fourth wall break, as opposed to just the look at how self-aware I am. Yeah, we know you hate engage the laughter title program of this movie. algorithm. Az, ha ha, <laughs> like ha 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 ha. But so getting on to it, there's a scene in the trailer where. The one of the female characters from the the, the they, they break since they're in the internet now they're exposed to all of the different things that the internet has to offer so they're exploring it and they come across a Disney themed website that they're all a part of and so like there's Star Wars characters and Marvel heroes well the female character breaks into a room and it's got every Disney princess ever in I think the room. I- I think I saw this on Reddit, this, yeah. this trailer where it's like all, because I remember like it was all the princesses being like, you know, Do you have oh, can you talk to animals? Oh, yeah. everyone thinks all your problems go away when a big strong man, man shows up. up? Yeah. 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 I saw that and I loved it because yeah. I remember like looking back on the Disney princesses now and thinking like, oh man, a lot of these are really sexist portrayals of women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was one, but like that was the step. And then how big that trailer became was solely off of that last like Five or 30-ish seconds of the trailer. Because people have, still fucking love Disney. I have no idea what the rest of the movie was about other than well, apparently it's got every Disney princesses in it for a scene. Like, And that they have okay. some grade A meta dialogue. Like, Yeah, but... Because I'm not going to lie, man. Like, a lot of the people in the modern age that were raised on Disney have some pretty fucked up views about relationships because of, like, the love stories that Disney movies told. Like, I mean, straight up, like, people who grew up loving Aladdin, th- Jasmine falls in love with a pathological liar. Like, that's yeah, he does. That's, yeah, she does. That's the long and short of that movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to be super sensitive about it. You know, I still love those movies. And I think if you can take them as just stories as opposed to stories of the ideal relationships, mm-hmm. they're still pretty fucking entertaining. But, like, man, there are so many people who just want that Disney love story. And I'm like disney love story it's not gonna go well for you (laughs) well i think think they because it's not real life they acknowledge that well that was like the whole big thing behind like why frozen was so popular when frozen came out yeah frozen was so popular just because it was all like men are bad well it like it plays i'm being incredibly reductive for the sake of comedy that movie did have some valid points yeah where like elsa's character is like pretty logical in the sense of like i'm gonna get or anna's gonna marry what the fuck's his name right out the gate and she's like what are you what are you what are you doing Elsa's just like what are no, you yeah. what are you what are you doing that's the thing that's, is elsa is objectively the most interesting character in that movie but in the original version of it she was supposed to be the villain mm-hmm. whereas now she's just like empowered but yeah. they never let go of like the villain feel with like the crazy evil crystal palaces and like fucking i'm like I i'd be that'd be the first shit i would do I'd walk up there and I'd be like, look at this fucking fortress. I'm true. That's true. But I'm like, why would you even remotely include the subplot of her potentially being evil then? Like, just focus on that empowerment and the sister relationship, you know? Yeah. That would have been much more interesting to me. And hey, it's sisterly love that saved her in the end. Not the love of a man, but she still fell in love with a man. See, I think that's actually a really nice ending. Yeah, I thought it was too. Not even just because I'm saying like, you know, men and women shouldn't love each other and that this sister love is the only good love that could have saved this story. Mm -hmm. But just the idea that it's like, you know, love can come from different places and it's equally important. Did you hear that they were going to make Elsa gay in the second one? Low key, I'm super okay with that. I am too. 
Like, I, honestly, I would prefer that because it'd be... Make it interesting. Because it'd be the first time they've done that shit, and I'd that be are, extremely she's, intrigued. She's a Disney princess. She can't be gay. Again, if you're in that fucking camp, shut your mouth. If you're in that fucking camp, quit listening to this podcast, man, please. Like, Come on. <laughs> we say some sexist shit for comedy or for discussion, but like, if you, really my be- kids gay. if you really believe that shit, like... Please don't listen to us. Like, we, we don't want you around. If you, like, if, you, <laughs> if, if you believe that having a homosexual character in a kid's movie is going to make your kids gay. Or that that gay. consequence is somehow so inherently negative. Yeah. Like. Just like, oh. It's like, if your kid turns out to be gay, they turn out to be gay. You, you who, can't who, help it. Who you like to bang is just a thing that you do. It's not the entirety of your identity. Oh, for sure. Like, just. Get over, and if you think that they're going to be that that fundamental, uh, we are we are getting. I, I should say we are getting very political right yeah, now. We that, won't go that down is the our, maybe that, we shouldn't go down the rabbit. That hole. is our golden rule: is yeah, we don't, don't want to make shit too we'll uncomfortable. Somebody, I'm going to get a fucking message that's like you're just spewing hate speech. And you know what's funny is that we're spewing hate speech against hateful people. So and like, I'm still going to get a message about it because everybody's offended. Dude, that's by just everything. the goddamn internet, man. Yeah. Like I don't know, it breaks the internet. That's the thing about I think it, tying it back to nostalgia. I think that's one of the things about nostalgia that sometimes worries me the most is that nostalgia isn't taken as a lens to see what you were nostalgic for through the eyes of an adult, mm-hmm. live that feeling and come away with a new perspective on it. It's just be the person and the kid you used to be for an hour and a half with this. And it's like when you get people doing that all the time with their entertainment and their media, that becomes the only thing that they seek out because it's like sugar. It's just like fucking crack. It's crack. They want it all the time. And I'm like, you start to infantilize yourself. You start to stop taking seriously the things about your life that you should because you just want to live in this safe little bubble. And like that creates, you know, a very easy to break spirit. Yeah. And that, I don't know. I just feel like. I feel like we're definitely seeing the consequences of that. Like, I like sensitivity. I like emotional openness. I like talking about my feelings. But at the same time, I'm not going to scream about them on the internet to a perfect stranger in the hopes that they will give me validation I am not getting elsewhere in my life because I spend all my time in my life either working or infantilizing myself. It's like, I don't know, man. That's just like a rough road to walk. (laughs) I can agree. You have to be careful about it. Like it's it's don't become engulfed in it, and it's so it's so easy for people to just kind of latch on to it because it's an immediate dopamine reaction to something because it's a quick hit, and you could just like it's oh, sentimentality. Wow, was, well, then you want and then you want everything back. It's not that you're 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 content with just you got the one thing back. It's you need everything back. I want it all. Mm-hmm. I want I want just bring that show back. Why Turn the clock that back. Show you back? Know? Yeah, and if they bring something back and it's not what you want, there's like a riot in the street. Because oh God forbid they took back a property that you that you loved and it wasn't exactly what you wanted. Some of them deserve the riot. Looking at you, new Ghostbusters movie, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to spend my breath yeah, on that no, fucking film. We don't like, like <laughs> everything that could be said about it has already it's been, been said. said somewhere. And like, if you enjoy that movie, I'm sorry. Go get help. But Jesus <laughs> Christ, that, that, that's so mean. It's the truth. Oh it's God. a garbage. It's a tire fire I, of I, a film. Look, 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 I never saw it. I never saw it. I know nothing about that movie. I saw a trailer. I was completely uninterested, and I never saw it. Well, meanwhile, the entire internet apparently fucking exploded over how bad it was, and I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I missed this boat. Because like, <laughs> if you want any summary of what, if you want, here I can narrow this down for you, and I can show it to you in probably three minutes. It's listen to Fallout Boy's rendition of the Ghostbusters theme song. That exists, Kyle. There is a Fallout Boy Ghostbusters theme song. Yeah, and it is so bad. And there, there's an example of taking a franchise from taking the nostalgia, bringing it back because you want to bring it into the modern age. And but then, but you have, you can't. It can't just be we're going to bring back the original Ghostbusters or we're going to bring back a new generation. It had to be we're going to be super progressive about it and we're going to make we have and to. And not make because a, progressiveness is inherently a good thing, but just because progressiveness is the current way. And it was. And you can tell it's forced. It's so just extra, just shoved down your throat throughout the entirety of that movie that it, it, it's insanity. I never like, see that. I mean, you don't need, I'm just, at we'll, this point, I'm just glad I didn't see it. We'll get it wasted one night. Well, let's just get wasted one night and we'll oh watch God. it. And we'll just shit all over Are it. Are you really going to make me do this? Oh, I will do it. Because we'll uh, you're going to have to be drunk to watch it. So, I mean. <laughs> oh. 
right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, here's another good example. Here's a good example of taking nostalgia, using it like properly, and creating an entirely new version. The Creed movies. See, I never saw Rocky, let alone the Creeds. Okay. So for the people that grew up, like I, I grew up watching the Rocky films. So I love the Rocky movies. And then Creed came out and Creed is an entirely new franchise. It's based on Apollo Creed, who's a character in the movies. It's his son. And okay. so you're getting the interaction of it's a new generation that exists in the same universe. I like that shit. I like new generation stories. And it brings in like uh, like in this movie, because uh, Michael B. Jordan is Adonis Creed. He's the he's fucking, he's Apollo. Oh, uh, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan. Uh, oh but uh, they bring him in and he seeks out. He's trying to fill his father's legacy. He knows that like he just want like I mean, he's and his father was a fighter. His father was a fighter who died in the ring. Or died because of a boxing match. Sweet. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So his mother has a lot of resentment towards him. And nobody knows who he is. I'm basically giving the plot of Creed. That, that, that's okay. This is fine. It's a good. It's on Amazon Movies. You should definitely watch it. Um, probably one of my favorite films in like the past five years. It's so good. I, Shit, I, have, I haven't stood up and cheered at a movie in a long time. Like that movie makes you get up and like be you physically fuck, you excited. You fucking white guy. Dude, I'm so... <laughs> like... I don't, I don't know where they're like... <laughs> This is great. They can't hear you. They can't hear you applauding. No, like. they, they can absolutely hear me applauding. Um, but they they took it, and then, like, his his trainer is Rocky. Like, Rocky Balboa is his boxing coach. He seeks no out Rocky shit. Balboa. Yeah. And they took it, and they make it modern, and it's about, like, you see Sylvester Stallone's character trying to come to terms with the fact that he's not the boxer that he was. And oh man, uh, that sh- that shit always gets me. And oh god, it's deep. Like Rocky Balboa gets cancer, and like you have to see him go through struggling through cancer, and like that he just can't. Dude, this sounds fucking amazing. It's this sounds like really emotionally compelling. It's such a. If you haven't seen Creed, stop what you're doing right now. Pause this. Po- I don't even care. You can pause the podcast. Go watch Creed, and we'll be back next week to discuss Creed. But no, <laughs> also Creed Two now in theaters. Uh, we're not sponsored by Creed, but just go see it. Call me, call, please, please, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, please, for the love of God, please. call me. Like, I know you've got an inclusion writer, but please, like, <laughs> I love you. He also just won GQ Man of the Year. So. That does not surprise me. No, he, the he, guy is a freaking. He blew up, dude. He's blew a powerhouse, up. and he's like one of the most attractive men I've ever seen. And if so, you think like, he was, attra- if you think he was attractive before, like I saw how yoked he got for Killmonger and Black Panther, dude, he got bigger. There was for a Creed too. Are you serious? And more jacked. There's a fucking. There's a great fucking meme uh, on uh, from when Black Panther came out. It was an interaction on Twitter between Michael B. Jordan and a fan. This girl fucking like. She, when she bit through her retainer. Fucking bit through her retainer because she, like, just fucking was thirsting so hard during a shirtless <laughs> scene. And they, like, talked on Twitter and he, like, bought her a new retainer and shit. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the, dude's, the dude's just super chill. Like I love his Hot Ones interview. Hot Ones just... Hot Ones is the perfect playground to realize which celebrities you like and which ones you hate. Yeah. Because when they're in that much agonizing pain, you see exactly who they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and his uh, he also did a uh, uh, I think it, I don't know if it's a Vanity Fair interview or something, but they did like a tour of his home hmm. and like they do this walkthrough interview where they're talking to him about all the things that he, it's like seventy three questions with Michael B Jordan or something, and it's like hmm. it's really cheesy. It's like a ten minute video. I think it's it might even be Vogue. Yeah, or I don't watch news channel video. No, so and it, it was just a YouTube video, but they go through all of the things and they just ask him like generic questions like. You know, these shoes are these shoes. Like, do you like, what's your favorite dish? Like, who's the better cook in your house? Like, what's your favorite book? Stuff like that. Um, who's your favorite director? And talk about, they just walk through and you see the kind of life. Like, he lives with his parents. Um, like, his parents live in his house with him. Um, the dude is, well, I mean, he, he's I, into anime. He, he's open and honest. He's like, yeah, I love video games and I love anime. I'm like, he's yeah. like I'm just going to say it. He's like, I like working out. But at the same time, he's like, I can get down with some NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. Which I can totally see, and I bet that, he. That's the, that's the thing, that. man. Like it's just you know, like openness. You know, being open about what you like, being open about what you're nostalgic for, without needing it to be there all the time, and mm-hmm. needing it to be exactly the way you want it, or you're going to take it out on other people. Gonna go turn cars over and set tires on fire, <laughs> yeah, roll them down the street, like people will do when they lose fucking sporting matches. Or when they you want to talk about matches. the you want to talk about the ultimate nostalgia, it doesn't get more nostalgic than people and their sports teams. Yeah, you especially know. looking at you, nineteen eighty five Bears fans. 
I, I, that one went way over my head. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, fuck that's, all that insult. That, that insult's directed mainly at one individual. But oh my uh, god, okay. Like, no, no. It, it, people get caught up remembering. Well, I remember the, how they used to be. I or, remember. Well, like uh, like currently. Remember like, Boba Fett for. For the people playing the home game, we currently have the football game pulled up on the TV that I can look at right now. And people bitch and moan about, like, the Denver Broncos. And they're like, the Denver Broncos aren't the team that they were four years ago. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking right. They aren't the team they were four years ago. because they won that goddamn fucking Manning four years ago. It's not the same team. Yeah, because that was when they were at the height of their fucking game and won the goddamn Super Bowl. You don't get to be at the pinnacle all the time. That's not real fucking life. Except if you're in New England and you have Tom Brady, the eternal champion. And that's also just because, you know, you're... You're the best team that money can buy. And eventually, once you have enough money, you can be better than anybody. Yeah. No. For a time. And they get super defensive about it when you call them out on it. You're like, well. Dude, sports fans? I don't. That's the reason I never gotten into sports is most sports fans are fucking insufferable to talk to. Even more insufferable than annoying fucking nerds. Yeah. Because football, because sports fans are nerds. They're just nerds for something that society has told them is what you should like. Different kind of nerd. Because you should like sports. You should like hunting and fishing. Going out, getting the football. But people are still just as nerdy and nostalgic for those things as nerds are for nerd shit. It's just that society is like, let you have those things and not have them be a compulsion or an interest or an obsession. It's what you're supposed to like, you know? Yeah, we're riding the wave, though, that being the nerd is kind of the cool thing now. It won't be for long. You don't think? You don't no. think that wave will last? It's. I don't think any wave lasts. Mm. I, I think eventually. I think eventually, ner- and what I would certainly hope to be the case would be that nerd shit just becomes as interesting and readily available as anything else. You know, like eventually when video games become an accepted medium, because whether you like it or not, it's gonna fucking happen. It may take a while, but sorry. Once those become like a completely ubiquitous mainstream thing, the way that like television is, where it's like in every home almost, you know, coming coming home, pretty much there now. Coming home and playing Call of Duty will be the same as drunkenly stumbling in, turning on your TV on your couch and watching Skinamax. Whereas like playing Journey or Mass Effect or something would be like going to the theater for your new hot weird auteur director release, (laughs) like. But no one thinks about that way about football, where it's like, oh, yeah, I want some trashy entertainment right now. I'll just throw on the Browns and laugh at some shit. That's the same mentality I have when I go, eh, okay, yeah, I'll play some Monster Hunter. This game's trash, but goddamn if it isn't excellent biodegradable trash. Yeah, like, like, that's man, the, it's the same line of thinking. It's just, you know. It's a different, uh, different lens. Yeah. And we'll get there. Pretty I think sure. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm and hoping if we don't, we'll fuck there. it. Like, I'm a very... I'm accepting. Fuck it. Yeah. I know what I like. And if people don't like what I like, I'm not going to get upset that you don't like what I like. Yeah, just don't insult it to my face and insult me for liking it. For liking it. it. Like, yeah. when you start to directly insult and try to combat me, I mean, you picked a fight. I'm going to fight you. Yeah. But, like, if we're just talking about shit and you're like, eh, it's not really for me. Or, ah, I think it's too, you know, oh, I don't really like anime. I think that the characters are hackneyed. I think that there's too much reuse of animation. And I think that a lot of the depictions of women are very sexist. Okay, yeah, fucking 100%. All of those things are true. You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I understand all of those complaints. But, like, if you say you're garbage for liking anime and because you like anime, you're a fucking sexist because anime contains sexist things in some very specific shows, that's the line of thinking where it's like, dude, get out of my face, you're going to get clocked. Like, are you kidding me? You think you can disrespect disrespect me that way and I'm not going to say anything to you? Do you think I'm completely completely naive? That's what I, like, I think we should probably tie it up here. Oh, yeah. That, that, I think, is a great end point. Nostalgia versus and naivety. Yep. Because if you're naive, nostalgia will take you for a ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're not, nostalgia and nostalgic art that's done well can be a way for you to remember things as better than they ever were and more in tune with the person that you are now. Mm. And that's where I think nostalgia can be valuable. Okay. As a way of adaptation and reinterpretation as opposed to a way of wash, rinse, repeat. Mm. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's a... A good way to wrap it up. Sans the er, um, God, I got so much shit for saying because Sans, like you ever heard, like like when you're like, eh, Sans that, like as in disregard that and mm-hmm. not include that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's the wrong pronunciation. It's not Sans. We're just dumb Americans. Well, no, I mean, yeah, but we're in America, so I'm using the dumb American pronunciation yep. for ease of use and understanding. Sorry, yep. get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but. Going back to our usual last way we've round things up, Kyle. Things yes. that we've uh, watched, read, and listened to, to, right? Yeah. 
So do you need me to go first or do you got stuff queued up on? I can actually do it. I can actually hit this. Do it. Um, so reading, um, I'm not very big into religion, but I am into philosophy and I'm interested in Buddhism because a lot of it has philosophical aspects that are in line with Western philosophy. Mm -hmm. There's this, uh, American ex-Buddhist I'm really interested in called Adyashanti. You um, told me about this book. I read it. It's called The End of Your World. And I liked it because it was very blunt about like what enlightenment means from a perspective of different things than just sitting around with a beatific, naive smile all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm still not a Buddhist. I still don't believe in that shit. But it definitely had a lot of really interesting ways of thinking and interesting ideas in it that have really impacted me lately um i wouldn't pay for it i don't believe you should pay for anything that someone makes illicitly to try to help you like just go to your library or torrent it or something just but like it. yeah. it's, it's worth checking out you know just take it with a grain of salt and understand that all it is is just a book about thinking it's not it, it's not some great gospel truth no that's and like the guy himself says that he's like you know there's you know there is no such thing as an enlightened thought i'm just saying what i think to try to help people get to a certain place and I appreciated that openness because normally most people are always giving you the shit about like, I can teach you how to save the world. Well, can you though? Can you? Can, can you, you really? fucking Mr. Dalai Lama? I don't know. <laughs> and then as far as what I've watched, um, thinking, I'm thinking. Well, speaking of anime, I've been very into the new season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure lately. Okay. Um, available on Crunchyroll. Uh, or if you want to torrent it and use a fan sub, you'd probably have a better experience. <clears throat> um, I love that series because it's super weird and strange and borderline unintelligible. Mm. But at the same time, it's also really weirdly smart. That's fair. It's just fucking hilarious. It's just super meta. And then um, for what I've listened to, I've been really into this indie group I discovered lately called Half Alive. And um, their early shit's kind of a 21 Pilots ripoff, but they just released a new track and music video called Feel Alive. And, uh, yeah, go watch that music video. Go watch that music video and listen to that fucking song because uh, it's pretty tight. I recommend it highly. Hmm. Master Nick? All right. Uh, I had to, like, look up what the name of this book that I was reading on. It's a, it was a free ebook that I'd had on here, and it is uh, it's called A Crack in Creation was the, the, the book I was reading. Mm -hmm. uh, it's by an author, Jennifer A. Dudna, and another person as well, Samuel H. Sternberg. That was who I had heard talk about the book. Okay. But it's talking about gene editing and the ability to control evolution, which the more I dive into this, and we should absolutely do a podcast on gene editing and like CRISPR because that shit is actual insanity. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, down. Uh, um, there's a movie, and I'm trying to think of what the frick. Gattaca? Yes. Thank you for immediately knowing what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, that touched on this a lot, and it, it's cool stuff. So, yeah, I think it was free for a while on Amazon, the e-Kindle version. So you can just go download the PDF off there okay. for free, which was cool. Sure. So that was what I was doing there. In terms of what I was watching lately, I have been getting back into the Marvel Netflix series because I got away from them for a long time and was like two seasons behind on every character. So I just finished Daredevil Season 3 on Netflix phenomenal just great television and a great superhero show really incredibly well done cannot recommend that enough same with the punisher uh john bernthal did john bernthal man fucking it. john bernthal if you ever want an example of how good the punisher character that john bernthal does just go ahead and go on youtube and look up the marvel netflix's season two of daredevil he does a dialogue scene with daredevil in the graveyard where he's talking oh, about the death no. of his daughter. Dude, don't even talk about that Go scene, man. Go look that up. Go, if Ugh. you don't believe that John Bernthal can act his ass off, that scene alone should have put him in for like a supporting actress for like an Emmy or, or what, is it a Golden hey, Globe I, or whatever. I agree with you 100%, yeah, man. Just that, thinking about that scene is making woo, me depressed. Get you emotional. And then in terms of listen to, I've listened to a lot of really interesting podcasts lately. Uh, I'm still stuck always on Joe Rogan because I like Joe Rogan. He's Dude, Joe Rogan's a black hole. It just like sucks in everything Dude, that like, sees it. We got like three hours of just nonsense words. <laughs> uh, but I've gotten into uh, one of his comedic buddies, Tom Segura, and his wife, Christina Przinsky. I'm familiar with Tom Segura. Yeah. They have their own podcast called Your Mom's House, and it is fucking hilarious. Your Mom's House. Yes. It is so funny. So go on. You can check them out on YouTube. Yeah, it's just your mom's house podcast. So funny. 
so ridiculously over the top, especially if Damn. you like Tom Segura as a stand-up comedian, which I do. The dude is funny as fuck. Go check it out. I'll have to. I'll have to investigate that. That you looks will. pretty fucking funny. Cool, cool, man. Well, Sounds. well, uh, great to get back in here. Just kind of repeating through all my things. Did again, you hit so. a watch already? What? Did you say what you were watching already? The the Daredevil. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's what it was. So recapping my stuff. Go see Daredevil, The Punisher. Go check out your mom's house podcast and uh, listen to uh, Crack and or read uh, Crack and Creation by Samuel Sternberg. And then Kyle, you had uh, yeah. If you're into anime, go check out JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. If you're not, don't. You'll hate it. If you um, are into you know philosophical thinking, but accept that it's not gospel and that you can just take what you want out of it and have some some learning opportunity, go uh, find a free copy somewhere of Adyashanti's The End of Your World. Again, don't pay for self help. And then, what was my third one? Oh, yeah. Go on YouTube and check out the music video for Feel Alive by Half Alive. Cool. And enjoy. Well, it was great to be back, Kyle. I'm so excited. Yes. Good episode. Solid hour here. I think people are going to enjoy it. We're going to try to get back in the groove of things. So we look forward to seeing you guys back here next week. Remember to follow us on all of our social media sites. At Decompression Session on Instagram is probably the best way to, to get notified about new stuff. So in the meantime, glad to be back once again. Indeed. Good to be with you, Kyle. We'll talk to you Good all. To be with you, Nick. Next week. Peace. Peace.